And here we are for the second edition of the Fantasy Firebox podcast brought to you by Heat Ratio Sports as seen on Fox Sports The Gambler and PhillyInfluencer.com. I'm joined by Mr. John Coker at PGH John 36. I am Tony Jigsaw Cotillo at T Cotillo 23. And joining us for the first time, Mr. Mark Drumheller at X underscore Drumheller. What's up, buddy? How you doing? How you doing, my man? Excited to be on the Fantasy Firebox. Nothing wrong with a little fire in the box, a little hot box. So let's get it, let's get it rolling, man. It's summertime. It's yeah, time man. Yeah. And l- listen, we're going to go right into this. So for people that followed episode one, we're, we're breaking down each division up until fantasy football season. So you get your drafts ready. We'll break down the players, some rookies, some free agents, whatever they are within the division. This week is the NFC West. We laid hom- We paid homage to the AFC West last week because of the Super Bowl champions. This week, we pay homage to the NFC West. But we're not going to start with the runner-up. We're going to start with the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals because uh, both you guys seen brought about a vote for, would you draft Kyler Murray ahead of Russell Wilson? So before we get into that, let's get into the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, they had a very interesting offseason where they basically are rebuilding their entire offensive line. And in a season where there's no OTAs, there's really no training camp, we have no idea uh, 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 positions that important on how they're going to gel. So what do you guys see uh, first? John, I'll go to you. Uh, What do you see from – let's just talk on the offensive side of the ball. What do you see what stands out to you this year when we talk about the Seattle Seahawks? I mean, I think it's what I want to see. Well, two things, the battle of the receivers out there and who's truly going to be the go-to receiver. Is it going to be Lockett? Is it going to be Metcalf? Or is it going to be a, you know, a little bit of both? And once again, no matter what Chris Carson does, he likes to fumble the ball away. And it's like, he's a very good running back, but he, he's only one fumble away from getting demoted, even though he's rushing for 1200 yards. No, you're so, right. You're right. You mentioned the receivers, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, both with over 100 targets last year. Tyler Lockett, 10 games of five or more, and DK Metcalf, 12 for five or more. If I'm picking, it's DK Metcalf as my number one. What are you talking about, Mark? What do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you, Tony. I think the biggest thing with the Seattle Seahawks is how they've redesigned their identity as an offense, right? They finally started building this team and investing draft capital around Russell Wilson and getting them some playmakers. You saw that with DK Metcalf last year. And everybody knows playing the transition from going to college to the NFL is very difficult on wide receivers, right? If there's a lot of nuance and getting oh. your release, especially someone who's not really refined like DK Metcalf. That's why he slipped in the draft. So, you know, I think you can see a huge leap out of him in year two. And I think that's really – when you look at Russell Wilson and his value as a quarterback from a fantasy perspective, obviously he's going to put up MVP numbers and throw very little interceptions because that's what Russell Wilson does. But now he's in an offense that really is built to make him put up big numbers. And the ascension of DJ Metcalf, the jump from year one to year two, could have a huge impact in, in his numbers. And, and you speak about Russell Wilson, probably one of the most, if not the most consistent fantasy football quarterback in the league. Top 12 quarterbacks in each of his last eight seasons, two t- or three top three finishes. He's very durable, 14 points or lower in just 27% of his games. And the funny thing is about this offense is Russell has preached all offseason. He wants to 
get that offense rolling. He wants to be more air, you know, have more of an aerial attack. So obviously they were always been predominant runners, like John was saying, Chris Carson. They bring Carlos Hyde. Chris Carson is still only 25 years old. I mean, that's what's crazy. Two consecutive thousand yard seasons from a seventh round pick. That's pretty good. They always find the, the diamonds in the rough, so to speak, in Seattle for the running backs. But that offensive line still scares me. The, the biggest part of that line in Justin Britton's the center is gone. That's one of the hardest positions to replace, especially in an offseason where you're not practicing every single day. So I just hope that they can get past that point because if they can, there's going to be a lot of fancy production on the Seattle Seahawks team. Yeah, well, and not, uh, poor offensive line. That, all that's going to mean is Russell <laughs> Wilson's going to run for more yards. I mean, well, that is true. And I look, I mean, he is a great NFL quarterback. He's not your typical pocket passer. He's not going to throw for 4,800 yards and just sit back there, but he's going to make plays. He's going to find the guys. And I mean, that's why Seattle's been in contention for the playoffs or in the playoffs every year for, you know, since he's been around. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, he, he is, I mean, I, I guess you could say I still take Aaron Rodgers, but, you know, I, I still talk about Russell Wilson, Wilson as top three quarterback in the league. Uh, last year, 4,110 yards, 31 passing touchdowns, 342 and three in the Russian perspective. So the guy puts up some massive numbers. And it's almost like, Mark, should I, should I dare say Donovan McNabb-esque in the sense that until last year, he really never had any weapons and he was doing everything on his own. That's a great comparison. And the one thing we know about Russell Wilson, right, he has a ton of experience of playing without an offensive line. Yeah. I mean, every year when you talk about the Seattle Seahawks, you talk about why they can't get the offensive line right, and they still win games. He still wills that team to the playoffs more years than not. Um, so I think that it is a concern. It always is. Offensive line is a big part of any NFL football team. But if there's a guy that has a lot of experience in overcoming that type of thing, it's Russell Wilson, right? And, you know, he's a mobile quarterback, but he's not a runner, right? Very nuanced in the pocket. He can make plays. He can run if he gets out of the pocket, keeps his eyes down the field like you want your quarterback to do. Um, but it, it's, it's always a concern. But then again, like with Russ, he's used to this kind of thing in Seattle. At least now he has some vertical threats down the field where he can air it out when the plays do break down. No, you're right. And, I mean, this could be a year where you have a Tyler Lockett and a DK Metcalf with each, like, an 80-catch year. I mean, it's not mm -hmm. inconceivable to see something like that happen, which especially if they go all-out aerial, which it looks like they probably might do. Uh, so, DK Metcalf, I mean, do you I, – I, John, I would draft him before Tyler Lockett, in my opinion. I'm, I'm drafting Metcalf before Lockett. I know you have, you have your sheets. I know you do your own projections. You know, are, are they kind of similar? Are they a couple picks away? What are you thinking yeah. over there? Uh, yeah, they're they're all in the uh, low 20s to me at wide receiver overall. Or not overall, I'm saying like I got them like 21 and 23 or something. See, I, I think you got to up that. I, I, well, think they, I think DK Metcalf has a top 15 year. One of them's getting up, and yes, it's going to be DK Metcalf. Yeah. Um, I mean, Lockett just typically doesn't catch the same – he doesn't get the same number of targets. And I'll tell you what, like DK Metcalf, granted, last year was his rookie year. But that dude is such a physical specimen that, like, his game translated. Like, I know he fell in the draft. You know, some of that might have been character. But his physicality just translated to the NFL. He still has that – the size where he's like, I'm going to go up and I'm going to get this ball. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to go and I'm going to get it. And he uses his body in that way. 
So I think he has a higher ceiling. He definitely gained Russell Wilson's trust. And Tyler Lockett, I mean, his bread and butter is four to five catches a game. Now, don't, granted, he's going to catch a 40-yarder, 50-yarder, 60-yarder, maybe take it to the house. But uh, I'm, I'm going with, that, with the DK Metcalf. That's just – that's my preference. He'll move up. I don't want either of them as a wide receiver one. But uh, I'll be very happy with a wide receiver, too, especially if I could get a wide receiver three out of either of them. That's Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett impressed me last year. I, I, he, I mean, it, for the simple fact that I thought, like you, John, I was not in on Tyler Lockett. I seen a guy who was, like, very inconsistent. But then when you break down his numbers, I mean, he had one game of 17, cat, uh, 17 targets. I think he had 12 targets. I mean, he had multiple double-digit games. I mean, he had a lot – of good red zone looks last year that I didn't think he would be able to be that guy. And, it, you know, it seemed like more confidence as the season went on with Russell Wilson, you know, it, it getting a loss of uh, – forget help me, guys. Who, who, am I, who am I thinking of? Uh, 89, the no, number one receiver out there. That, Baldwin. Uh, yeah, oh, Doug Baldwin, yeah. right, who's no longer obviously retired. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it, it, it just – to me, it seemed like that was the guy. And then you have a guy in – Greg Olson that comes I, I mean who knows what Greg Olson does right it, you know he was retired he's not going to retire he's not going to play uh you know Will Disley who who really worked out well then tears the ACL and goes down so I mean there's a lot of moving parts out here in Seattle a lot of ifs but all in all I think it could be a very good team yeah well here's what you have to look out for when you're trying to evaluate Lockett and Metcalf I think is you know Lockett doesn't get the volume of your typical wide receiver one, right? But he is Russell Wilson's security blanket almost. They almost have that Manning-Harrison relationship where Wilson knows where he's at and is going to be at any time of the field when these plays break down. And we talk about the offensive line and how that impacts the offense. When Wilson does you know, get out of the pocket and the play breaks down, he's on par with, with Lockett. He knows exactly where he is. So I think if the volume goes up in general, I think Lockett could see a piece of that because what you're going to see as well with the ascension of Metcalf, defenses aren't going to be able to just focus on Lockett on the field. They're going to have to pay Metcalf a lot of respect because of his speed and his size, and that could open things up for Lockett. So I, I don't have that answer as to who's going to be better. <laughs> it's a situation of where you know Metcalf really jumps out out the gates early in the season, and then Lockett opens things up as the year goes on. And no, I, I agree. I think, yeah, I think you're spot on too. And I, truthfully, it's going to come down to what the game plan is because they ran the ball last year. They ran mm-hmm. the ball and they ran the ball some more and ran the ball some more. So, you know, you get Russell Wilson when he's only passing on third downs. Take your pick. I mean, he has right. the vision where he's going to get the guy that's open or that has, you know, a better chance to uh, – catch the ball or take it to the house. So, I mean, that, that just goes to show what type of player Russell Wilson is. Yeah, I think I, I think that's why I want to air it out. And, and to both your points, I think that's why, you know, as a safety valve, when you have a, a, a guy, Russell Wilson, a mobile, a guy who's very mobile, you got to have that receiver that's always going to know the comeback from the ball, that they, you know, they learn in Pop Warner, be around, be you know, get, get open, and that's what Tyler Lockett does. Now, brings us to the Arizona Cardinals, and it brings us to – my man crush in fantasy football this year of Kyler Murray. I absolutely love Kyler Murray. I mean, listen, everybody's listening. You, you know right now, I have been known, John's smirking because John knows me. I have been known to take quarterbacks number one in fantasy drafts in the first round when people thought I was nuts. I'm telling you right now, 
This is the guy. This is this guy is going to blow up this year, especially when we talk about DeAndre Hopkins, when we talk about Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, the ascension of Kenyon Drake will continue. So many things to be excited for in Arizona Cardinals. So let's break this team down. Then when we're done, we'll talk about would you draft who higher, Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray? Mark, I'll go to you to start this one off. What are you looking at Arizona Cardinals this year? Listen, offensively, you have to like what they did in the offseason, right? Oof. They got DeAndre Hopkins pretty much for free. But <laughs> I think the interesting thing that is with the Arizona Cardinals, and what I think is a positive, but it's going to play a different way in fantasy, I think, than a lot of people expect is Cliff Kingsbury really showed me a lot last year. Um, he comes into the NFL, and he starts with this 10 personnel, and he's – you know, got all these wide receivers out there, no tight ends, no running backs, whatever. It's it's boom, boom, boom. We're in Texas Tech, right? And it doesn't work early in the year. No, and he, ha- he shows the capacity <laughs> to be able to change it up and, you know, go to more of a fundamental NFL offense, run the ball a little more. Um, you know, you can look at them. And, we, you know, when you look at this team and when they were successful, the running game was a big part of it. And I think that really bodes well for Kenyon Drake. Uh, now they have – you know, DeAndre Hopkins, so he has a lot more weapons. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out because this is an offense that was really more successful when they tried to balance things out uh, during the season. If you look at their stats last year, um, you know, when they were in the red zone, you know, they they rushed the ball. um, They threw the ball 56% of the time with only a 38% success rate, ran the ball 44% of the time with a 54% success rate. So we talk about Cliff Kingsbury and having the capacity to be able to change and understand what's working and go to that. You know, we could see more running in the red zone, uh, which would be a big positive for Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, you know, he did what Chip Kelly refused to do, and mm-hmm. that was adjust, right? And I he mean, did it he, on the fly, yeah. boom. What you, you know? can tell when you have you – know, you can't teach football IQ. You just can't mm. teach it. And when you have it, you have it. And that's why I always liked about Cliff. I really did, and I thought he was going to be successful. I really like – I back exactly what you say. Uh, the run and attack, exactly. The only thing that scares me is, you know, did we get too excited over Kenyon Drake? And mm. even if we didn't, Chase Edmonds is a very well-capable running back. We've seen that when, when DJ went down and Chase Edmonds came in, and he was phenomenal until he got hurt. Mm. So, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you come in already with these two guys loaded up. I mean, John, what do you, what, what are you seeing from the running back, from the receivers? What, what do you like out there in Arizona besides the obvious of DeAndre Hopkins? I mean, I, I like everything they're putting out on the field on offense. <laughs> I mean, in reality, um, you know, you look at Kyler Murray and even what he did last year, and, I mean, he, he, he's putting up Russell Wilson stats, I mean, for the most part. You know, you're getting 3,800 yards. You're getting the rushing yards. I mean, even though Kyler may have a little more, I'm not saying he's as savvy as an NFL quarterback by any means. But he he can run the offense. And, you know, what's funny is it's like David Johnson gets demoted. They adjust. And Kenyon Drake comes on, who can't do a lick in Miami, <laughs> comes in. They switch Except the Hail Mary. Except the Hail Mary at the end yeah. of the year. <laughs> Yeah, so, look, the weapons are there. I mean, it's going to be about Kyler Murray's vision. Is he going to be able to get to the open guy? I mean, you had Christian Kirk, the up-and-coming guy. you got Larry Fitz, who has been uh, Old Man River, like, (laughs) there for ages and ages. And now you bring on DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, fantasy perspective, I don't see Hopkins being what he was. 
I, I'm not saying he's not top three receiver in the NFL. Stat-wise, he's going to take a little bit of a dip as opposed to being Deshaun Watson's number one guy. Because we already saw Kyler Murray, he, he got a feel for Christian Kirk. I mean, even though Fitz is the, is the old vet and he can do amazing things, he really was getting tight with Christian Kirk. So now you bring Hopkins in. I mean, it's, it's going to be a feeling up period. And I'm not taking anything away from DeAndre Hopkins. I don't want to say that, you know, I'm not saying that he's not that good of a receiver. He is. It's just you've got different offenses that rely on their weapons in certain ways. But the offense as a whole, I'll tell you what, Hopkins and Kirk and you got Fitz just chipping in his mm. 700 yards and whatever, you know, just extending his career stats. The offense is going to be amazing, you know, and it will. And you mentioned Chase Edwards, Chase Ed- Edmonds, Edwards. Chase Evans. Dude. Like, yeah, he came on. They didn't miss a beat. Like what nope. was wrong with David Johnson? And then, uh, you know, these, these, I don't Well, Drake's a retread basically. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Was the system working that well where you don't even need a, someone special. You just need someone to go in and do your job. Maybe that's what it is in that offense. It's going to be interesting. I mean, you know, I was probably the first month I was thinking that the op was going to take a little bit of a hit, but the more I look at it, I don't. I really don't think he is. I don't, and I and the reason why is I think because you have a young coach. I mean, Mark alluded to it earlier. You know, the Texas Tech offense, right? He's going to come in. That's a shiny new toy for Cliff, and he's going to find every single way to get him the ball and make him happy. I really do feel that's going to happen. And you remember. You know, we talk about the greatest show on turf, and you know, with the St. Louis Rams, when you had Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Azakine, somehow, some way, they all found a way to get the ball. And Torrey Holt was a number one wide receiver in fantasy, and with Isaac Bruce being that good third round pick. So I, I think it is possible. I really do. And I think it's just like you, John, you said, depends on the system. I was just really surprised how well the offensive line played last year. Because we, we, we in Arizona, you know, you came and you knew guys were getting killed. Josh Rosen couldn't do anything. And it was just because he wasn't ready. It's because he didn't have any time, right? And I know Kyler Murray was running a lot. He probably took some sacks and shouldn't have, like every rookie does. But the way that they came together, the cohesion that they proved, that like a guy like Kenya Drake produced like that makes me really want to be happy about this team this year going forward. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I, I think, you know, when you look at, you know, we talk about DeAndre Hopkins and it's good. Is it going to take him some time to get a level of comfort, you know, with Kyler Murray? Sure. But, you know, one thing quarterbacks learn quick is it pays to throw the guy to the ball to the guy who's going to catch the ball, and make explosive plays, right? And, oh, yeah. you know, he's going to learn to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins uh, very early on in his tenure because, you know, only good things are going to happen. And, you know, I understand he has a relationship. He used to play with Christian Kirk before. I get it. You know, those guys are like peanut butter and jelly. But, <laughs> you know, this is a business, right? And yep. Tyler Murray's in the business of winning football games, and he knows that that goes through DeAndre Hopkins. Well, so- and, and one of the interesting things that I think I want to see out of Arizona this year, I, would, I know it's not – it's fantasy relevant, but it's not. I want to see how the defense plays. Because if they can get leads in the game and the defense steps up, that offense may transition a little bit, you know? I mean, it's, it's a different game plan when you're playing tight games, you're playing from behind. I mean, I, how many times was Kyler Murray playing from behind, you know, and had the wing it out there and did very good at it? But, you know, if, if that defense shores up a little bit, 
You know, I'm not saying that it's less production for the offense. I'm just saying, it, you know, different game plan. You take four games where you're not playing from behind. Like, maybe it's a good year for Kenyon Drake. I don't know. God, hey, listen, that's a good point. You know, it's all about what the defense is and how much they're on the field and how, how often the offense gets to pr- produce, whether ahead or behind. But the question of the day. Do you draft Kyler Murray ahead of Russell Wilson? Because obviously in the past, Russell Wilson's probably what? Say like the third, fourth best quarterback, fifth selected. Will you take Kyler Murray? Can he be ranked above Russell Wilson? I'm going to flat out just say right now, absolutely, I am taking Kyler Murray above Russell Wilson just for the simple fact that this is the second Kyler Murray year in a Kingsbury system. He has the best receiver in the NFL. And the line that we talked about in Seattle really, really scares me. And I think it's a slow progression for the first four or five weeks. And I think Pete Carroll goes back to the run a little bit to kind of protect Russell Wilson and brings the stats a little down. So I'm going Kyler Murray. Mark, what do you got? I'm going to go contrarian here, and I'm going to go Ah, Russell Wilson, right? So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things that I think are important that we dive into. We talk about Arizona's offense and Kyler Murray, right? So we talked a little bit about how they had more success running the ball in the red zone than they did throwing the ball. That might be an adjustment they make for 2020, right? Well, we also have to look at, you know, from a scheduling perspective, they have a very positive schedule, especially early on. So I think they're going to get off to a fast start. They got San Fran and then two through six are looking at Washington, Detroit, Carolina, and the Jets, right? Now, Washington Oof. Jets could have a good defense, but they're bad teams. They should be winning. They should, you know, win, you know, some of those games there, right? So the biggest test is San Fran. But when you dive into their total schedule and you look at – you rank their opponents based on defensive um, – how those defenses play against explosive plays, whether it's running or whether it's passing, they have the fourth hardest defense as far as allowing explosive passes. And they have the sixth easiest uh, teams – they rank defensively against allowing uh, explosive runs. So it's a very soft schedule from a running perspective. So if they have opportunities to run the ball, I could see Kingsbury running the ball more. And we talk about the overall philosophy of Kingsbury and how that changed midway. If you look at the second half of the year when they really started gaining traction, really started getting comfortable with themselves and really started producing, Kyler Murray's number is not great from a fantasy perspective when you're talking about passing yards, right? Week 11, 150. Week 12, 163. Week 13, 194. And he got 219, 118. He had 325 against the Rams, but you're seeing a pattern there of them trying to be a really balanced offense. They're going to be a better offense. There's going to be more volume. Not going to say he's going to throw 400 yards every game, but I don't know if we're going to see the explosion out of Kyler Murray that we might think we would. We looked at Baker Mayfield last year going into year two. Success, never linear, right? There's going to be ups and downs. So there might be some growing pains as well from him. And this is the key, right? I like Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a great NFL player. But I got news for you. Russell Wilson is not done at 31 years of age, (laughs) right? Russell Wilson wants that MVP award. Pete Carroll wants to get him the MVP award. He's got DK Metcalf. So I think if we're comparing Kyler Murray, can he get to Russell Wilson's production last year? It might be a yes. I might agree with you. I might take that bet, push my chips to the middle. But that's going to be a moving target with Russell Wilson because he's still ascending at a quarterback is 31 years of age. So I'm going to expect the best version of him next year for the Seattle Seahawks. Just be careful before I get to John. Just be careful. The same stuff you said 
about Kyler Murray is the same stuff people said about Lamar Jackson going into last year. And what did Lamar Jackson do, right? No, I'm just saying, everybody's, oh, well, you know, it was a, you know, the, the passing yards were down. It wasn't that explosive. It was a balanced attack. You're right. I, and that's why if Lamar Jackson didn't have the year he did last year, I would not be this high on Kyler Murray because it shows that their second hit, your sophomore year, you can explode, which is why oh, yeah. I'm so excited. That, so here's a that, question. That's it. Here's a yeah. question in regards to that, right? So do you would you be opposed? I'm going to make you Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, uh, okay. Right? So you're designing the offense now. You love Kyler Murray. You traded Josh Rosen to get him. You didn't care. You're drafting Kyler Murray. Do you design the offense a little more like the Ravens where he's you know using his legs a lot more or do you make Kyler Murray a little bit more of a traditional quarterback? Hmm, I think I do you go. want him to follow Lamar's path. Maybe not full Lamar, but to an extent. Or I, I, I because think of his you do. size, do you? You know, I I, I, I I think you have to go with his athleticism, and I think you have to follow the. I would follow the Lamar Jackson path. That's what I would do. Okay. Because I just think that 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 is his home. I don't think Kyler Murray will ever be a pure pocket passer. I think we can mm-hmm. all agree on that. So I think his legs are going to be his gift. And I think that's just something certainly that would fit in his wheelhouse. So what do you think, John? A handful of design uh, runs. Yeah, yeah, I, I, oh, I would definitely like, yeah. like okay. four or five a game, no doubt, right. no doubt. What do you got, John? Your, your smile. Yeah, is, uh, I, I had to take notes. I had so many, <laughs> so many different things to say. Um, <laughs> I love it. So before I even get to the comparison, just a couple tidbits that like sparked my mind. What, Mark? You said you brought up the Baker Mayfield, and you're absolutely right. Baker has Jarvis Landry and OBJ, so he has a disposal and Njoku and Chubb. So think about comparing the offenses in year two. It didn't happen. So um, I, that was just – I'm just making some – That's because Cleveland always sucks. Doesn't matter. <laughs> well, it's all about Cleveland. That's I don't why. disagree. <laughs> Mark, second good point you had was – or what, what stuck in my mind when you said – Russell Wilson is a star. Kyler Murray is going to be a star. Mm -hmm. And that's the reality of it. So you can probably see where I'm going with who I'm going with. I'm going with the proven vet that I know what I'm getting out of them. Like, yes, there's a shiny new tool. you got a new receiver and you got all these things that, yes, if you want to talk ceiling, Kyler Murray has a higher, higher ceiling than Russell Wilson, I believe. But, I'm not taking a 10% chance on that ceiling because that floor will kill you if you take him as your number one quarterback in a fantasy league. And it, and it doesn't pan out. So I'm sticking with uh, Russell Wilson. The only other thing that I'm going to say in terms of Lamar Jackson, I don't even think you can do that comparison. because Simply because that offense that Baltimore runs caters to his playing style. And I'll tell you what, Kyler Murray's stature – does not it's not going to work in Arizona. I mean, this is what 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 Baltimore did with their offense was really something that you have not seen another team do. They ran the ball. Their quarterback was practically their leading rusher in half the games. All right, I don't have the stats in front of me, and I'll tell you when what you're trying to do. I mean, especially as a Steeler fan, you're trying to stop the run on first, stop the run on second. You may have to stop it on third down. Because you don't know if the running back's getting it. You don't know if Lamar's keeping it. What that does is you got all your defensive backs creeping up, and that's why Lamar had the passing stats that he did. Because the run game and just the unknown of is it the running back or is it him running the ball, 
that caused all the defensive backs to cheat up, which opened up, you know, one blown coverage. Yeah, he could see that. Like, it's like toying with, toying with a mouse. You know what I mean? I'm going to show you this look, show you this look, show you this look. As soon as you think that you know what I'm doing, I'm going to shoot the dagger in you. And that's what, the, that's what they did. That's how his passing yards came. So who knows if the NFL is going to be able to adapt. I mean, it was effective. You knew what they were doing, and you couldn't stop them. I mean, couldn't most stop. of the time. Couldn't so, stop. I mean, it was effective. Can you figure it out? That's to be determined. That's why they play the game. But I don't think you com- can compare having Kyler Murray. I don't want Kyler Murray to go down the same path as Lamar Jackson. And I also don't think Lamar Jackson is going to play 16 games this year. I didn't, think he, I didn't think he'd play that's 16 a, last that's a year. That's Steelers fan coming oh, in. Oh, you're hoping he don't play 16 yeah, yeah, games. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, hoping we all play. You're in, you're in church praying he don't play 16 <laughs> yeah, games. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, like, that, that helps. But, but you look at not only taking the beating that you do at the quarterback position, now you're taking the beating at the running back position. I don't have mm-hmm. the stats up in front of me. I mean, how many how many rushing attempts did he, did he have last year? Yeah, he had a ton. I mean, it was unprecedented. I mean, and, and granted, he's not getting cracked running through the middle of the line. He's taking a sweep, and ninety percent of the time, he's running out of bounds. So, like, I'm not saying that he's taking a huge beating, but still, 176 carries last year. I mean, how many? That's more than probably half of the running backs in the league. Well, in order to win. Got to be able to use your legs if you can't, right? You got to be able to use your legs if you can't use your arm to full capability. So, Tone, so let me ask you this question, right, Uh real quick. So, Murray over Wilson. You're taking, if Murray and Wilson are on the board, you're taking Murray, right? What quarterbacks are you not taking? Are you taking ahead of Kyler Murray? So, where do you have Murray falling? Because I think Wilson, I love Wilson. He's, you know, he's top guy up there. Well, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Okay. This I'm, year, yeah, this year. Uh, he th- thinks th- coming out with a vengeance. I, I have no. You don't think he punches the floor and gets suspended? <laughs> <laughs> that's what Listen, I'm worried about. Right? I, you know, you could have some. I just think Aaron Rodgers just has too much pride to not go out there laid out, uh, laid all out on the line. Um, definitely Lamar Jackson. I'm taking Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson over Kyler. Yeah, Mahomes. They, right? yeah, at, yeah, Mahomes is number one, right? I mean, that's that's a given. I, I'm taking Tom Brady. Over, over Kyler Murray yeah, and Russell yeah, Wilson. Yeah, I'm with you there, yeah. And then I'm going to take Kyler Murray. And then Russell Wilson falls me at number six. That That's that. I, John's got his eyes rolling over there. <laughs> I know. Where's Drew Brees to me? He drops down. I'm sorry. Drew Brees, Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, I think Carson Wentz is probably looking around 10. But I'm taking those four guys over Kyler Murray. And then I'm going to take Russell Wilson at six. I like it. I like it. I mean, I got Wilson ahead, uh, Murray. But I, I, like the, I like the top. Yeah, it's 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 hard. What, go ahead, John. What do you got? You're no, your, your your first comparison when you said I have Aaron Rodgers ahead of Kyler Murray. I have right. Kyler Murray ahead of Aaron Rodgers. So I mean, it was, I just found it comical. One of one of the few guys that you're putting ahead of Kyler Murray. You, have- I, I, yeah. I mean, I want Wilson first, but I'll still take Murray over Aaron Rodgers. See, for everybody that doesn't know, John kills me every year. Every time I said, I was like, "Oh, you're crazy. That'll never happen." Like he's always against me, but that's okay. That's what makes it great. That's what <laughs> the makes yin it and great. The yang. Absolutely, absolutely. Mark, you got to roll, right? Oh, yeah, I got to sign off, yeah, man. Yeah, but listen, thanks, I had a blast. thanks for joining, man. I, I appreciate, appreciate you guys it. having me on. It was awesome. Can't wait oh, yeah. to do it again. Again, Mark, Mark Drummeller at X dot at X underscore Drummeller, right? 
You got it, bro. Again, Fox Sports, a gambler, affiliateinfluencers.com, the wizard, right? The wizard. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, if you're, year, yeah, if you're a bet man, this is a guy I got to listen to. We'll get you on again, Mark. I appreciate it, buddy. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Good stuff, Mark. And now, John, we get into the final two teams. What, let, let, let's actually do the, the San Francisco 49ers last. So we'll do the LA Ryan. Uh, we'll do the LA Rams first. And, uh, Man, Mark, Mark, I'll tell you what, that dude could talk. I think he, he's got – if you listen to Mark when he does these gambling breakdowns, I'll tell you what. He does yeah. this segment called The Future's Face-Off, and, and I just listen I, – I actually have to take notes and be like, okay, what does that term mean? What does that mean? I mean, and I'll tell you what, man, it's a dude who studies all day, all night. So I, I respect the hell out of that dude. I'm glad he came on. Uh, but when we talk about the L.A. Rams, one of the most interesting – to me, fantasy running back scenarios, I think, of the entire league because of we see what happened last year with Gurley. He's no longer there. He's in Atlanta now. Gets a clean bill of health, so everybody's jumping on the Gurley wagon, right? Uh, that's okay. So we're talking about Rams, and we're talking about who is the number one back in L.A. And, and here's the problem. You look at the guys, Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and Cam Akers, who obviously was their – their number one draft pick, and you look at it and you say to yourself, in a season with no offseason and no OTAs, we have nothing to go on. Like, we have zero. <laughs> and the funny thing is, when you're doing – you know, some people do fantasy drafts in the first week of June. They're doing mock drafts. Or do, I don't even know how I could draft right now without seeing anything – when you talk about three guys like this, you really have to go sight on team and go with your gut. And what does your gut tell you? Your gut tells you, do you go with Malcolm Brown, who is there as a backup? Do you go with Daryl Henderson? Or do you go with Cam Akers, who has every ability to be a third-down running back? But here's the problem. When you get a rookie running back that comes in the league, you don't want to hear two specific phrases. Number one, inconsistent blocker, which – that was one of his things coming out of college, correct? I thought you were going to say pass protection, yes. Well, well right, yes. right, exactly, for pass protection, right? Now, he broke Dalvin Cook's FSU freshman record for rushing, okay? So the kid can rush. But the number two issue, one fumble per every 65 touches. The guy gets the ball on the ground. Two things that have to be worked out. So for me... I'm going to have to lean towards Malcolm Brown and say, listen, you know, you know, Jared Goff is going to need a steady force behind there. McVay is not going to deal with the guy fumbling the ball. I think he'll be more of a gadget guy in year one. He'll be more of a split back system in year one. So I really think Malcolm Brown's a guy to own. What do you think? That would be the last guy I would want to own. <laughs> right, but it's tough, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. It, it, it's a situation where you can't, you can't – if, if you're gonna take it, if you're gonna take one of those guys high, you better hit it right, or else yeah. you're, you're really gonna go down. And that, that's why most likely I will not have any of them on my team, simply because they're gonna go before I feel comfortable drafting them. You draft one of these guys, and they don't end up being the running back, or you know what I mean, and you don't even know how much they're gonna do third down work or how they're going to spell or what, what the rotation is going to be. I mean, they had Gurley for all those years, and then he was just taking games off, and they really had no running game. So Malcolm Brown didn't do squat. I mean, you look at um, Daryl Henderson. He only had like 
40 touches or yeah. 45 touches last year. So he's practically a rookie. Uh, granted, you went through – he's ahead of Cam Akers in terms of game plan and, you know, just right. being in the NFL. But this is what I'm going to say about Cam Akers. He, that offensive line in Florida State was atrocious. <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was not even average. It was poor. And he's still – what he did, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the best – he may be the best running back out of the class at the end of the day. Wow. The best you think so? Out of the class. I'm not saying I think so, but I think the potential's there just as much, if not more, than some of the other guys. I think it's Dobbins. You know what I mean, I, I think th- Dobbins is. I think Dobbins is the best one out of the bunch. Uh, yeah, maybe, but I'm not sleeping. Look, if you're betting on what the which one's going to be the best of the bunch, and you have odds on Dobbins at his odds, and you got odds on Cam Akers, I'll take Cam Akers with the odds. You know what I mean? Because I think he has a, a legit shot to be the best running back out of this. I mean, Swift. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, with his smaller stature and how they're going to use him. But I'm going Cam Akers. He got the most upside. Um, Daryl Henderson, even the limited time that he had last year, he did not excel. Nah, he didn't Mal- do anything. Obviously, and he and Malcolm Brown, who was the primary backup to Gurley and was the one that would spell him, he couldn't even beat out Daryl Henderson. So what's that tell you about those two guys? Then they go and spend this draft pick on a guy who excelled even with a poor offensive line, I think Cam, a- Cam Akers, is, to me, is hands down the guy you want to own. Even if he doesn't start in the first few weeks, he will be starting by the end of the season, and he's the guy that you want to own, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, listen, Dar- Daryl Henderson's an afterthought, and I'm just going by the traditional death chart of who won two and three. Yep. So there's no doubt in my mind that Akers is definitely going to start out as a number two to Malcolm Brown, and I think he, as long as he can show that he can learn to pass protection. I mean, we've seen this in Philadelphia with Miles Sanders. You know, in the beginning, Miles Sanders was eased into the right. fray because he couldn't block, right? I mean, yep. we, we see it all over. But then, but then when, they, when they get to that, that comfort zone and they get working with the veterans, they get the practice time down, which is why this year is so unique because of the, the the complete downtime that we're talking about right now, and the the no on field presence, the no no cohesion, there the no introduction to the game, especially with these rookies, they're going to have an uphill battle more than any other year. So, well, buddy, right? I mean, a, no, you're absolutely right. And the only plus side in terms of Cam Akers is the easiest one to do is mm. the easiest position is running back. True. For True. the most part. I mean, you got to know pass protection, just like you said. Right. And that's a knock on every rook. And like you said, the fumbles. Those Every single running back rookie that comes into the NFL, those are number one and number two. It's a Tiki right Barber now. rule, man. Yep. The, 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 right. I don't care how much speed you have, that speed isn't like it was in college. You know what I mean? With When you see the speed in the NFL. Your vision, that's all well and good, but you got to have those two fundamental things down or you don't get into the game. Yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, on a team that, that likes to be unique with one of the youngest coaches in the NFL and in, in Sean McVay, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they use these guys. I'm sure he's going to put him in situations where he doesn't have to pass protect. When it's like, hey, just go out in the flat and get a little wheel route. 
or get a little halfback screen, right? A little chip block on the end, and you run out to the flat. So, I mean, there'll be d- different scenarios I think he will develop. And, and if you're an athlete, like you said, if you're running behind a porous offensive line in college, and you come in with behind the big boys, and you, you, all you need is one little crease. That's it. And, and once he finds out how to go north-south and stop going east-west to get his first cut, just like, again, the Miles Sanders did the same thing. He was running around in the back trying to go east-west first, go north-south, then go east-west. He'll be okay. Brings us to the receiver position. No more Brandon Cooks, which I, I, I was never a big Brandon Cooks guy. I, I, I thought he was always overrated, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why he just never, to me, took that step to be that elite wide receiver in fantasy. So he's gone now. And, you know, you have Cooper Cup is going to be the main guy. And Cooper Cup, until he got injured, was was the man, right? I mean, we were talking about elite fantasy tight end last year. You know, you have Robert Woods, and then you have the second-round pick in Van Jefferson, the son of Sean Jefferson, who has a has an NFL pedigree, right, who, who has size. He's not a burner, but he can catch everything. And they really like him out there. So interesting when you talk about the receiver. Obviously, Cooper Cup. Is he a wide receiver one? I believe he is. Uh, And and I think Robert Woods can give you a nice, you know, third wide receiver flex, especially if Jared Goff, and we haven't even talked about him yet, but especially if Jared Goff can be some bit of a formidable quarterback presence in fantasy because last year he spent a lot of time on the waiver wire. He wasn't even the guy anymore. Uh, You know, so it's interesting. What do you think? Let's start with Jared Goff. Do you think Jared Goff is a consistent week-to-week fantasy quarterback start? Uh, I don't want him starting on my fantasy team. Well, I mean, either. <laughs> you know, but but if somebody's asking you out there, they're coming up with a draft, and you say, a la Matt Stafford, you know, Jared Goff. These are where this is where you're going with Jared Goff. You know what I'm saying? This yeah, is yeah. Where, Ryan Tannehill. Dare I say Ryan Tannehill? Right, I mean, this is what you're looking at, Sam Darnold. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll take Goff in a rain. I mean, the, he's not going to be on my team. There's other guys that there's more upside. I mean, I, I'm going to talk about this just in general. And I mean, you know, we did a couple of those fantasy pick 'em things on Twitter. You know, looking yeah, at yeah. the at the division, and I was hard pressed to choose two players from the Rams. And you think back two years ago, Gurley's a beast, Cooks, Woods, Cup, yep. you know I mean? all, all of them. I mean, they were all just complete beasts. And you look at now the offense two years later, I mean, to me, this is not an offense that really intrigues me from a fantasy perspective. I mean, Cooper Cup, he had, he had that injury. He was out for a while. Um, you know, he was the go-to guy. He's the guy going across the middle. He, he's yep. the he's the easy Ed McCaffrey of, of easy this easy Ed McCaffrey. I like it. I mean, they still look at Robert Woods' way, um, but I just I don't know how much I trust the offense. I mean, since Gurley was a workhorse, the offense took a hit. Just right. in, in general, and I mean, they're all good players. I do not want Cup as my number one. I do not want Woods as my number one. Um, and you even do not if, want Jared Goff as your number one. And, and I do not want Jared Goff. I mean, 
Yeah, and looking at the quarterbacks, I mean, quarterback, you know how it is. You got the top guys, the top five, six that put up bigger stats than the rest. Then you got a group of like 10 that are basically, you can swap from number 11 to number six in a heartbeat. Taking Matt Ryan above Jared Goff? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Hands, hands down. I mean, I'm taking a bunch of players above Jared Goff. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I was never a golf guy. Yeah, me neither. I was never really a golf guy. Um, but at the same time, if you get two of those middle guys, I was always a, a Stafford Phillip Rivers guy. I'm not paying up, but if I'm waiting and then I'm eyeing up like the number eight quarterback and nine quarterback and they get, they get taken and everybody got their number ones, I'll go Stafford Rivers back to back. And I'm just saying not necessarily this year, but you know, you get them two guys. So, Goff, I'm I've never been that high on him. Um, but he could be he could be that, you know, serviceable second quarterback. You want to play matchups and you want to play bye weeks. You're not hurt. You're not gonna get hurt by having Goff on a bye week. What's cra- what, what, what's crazy is like you said, you know, a couple of years ago we're talking about the, the Rams offensive powerhouse. And now we're talking about as probably at least in this division, the weakest fantasy potential out of any team. Absolutely. Right? It's crazy when you think about it. How how much and this is coming off the heels of of McVay being like, you know, the McDreamy, you know, part of my speak of Grey's Anatomy reference, but the McDreamy of fantasy football. Because I mean of of the NFL, I should say of of the head coaching rings. I mean, you look at the four teams, who's coming in last place? Like seriously, look you look at the teams. You got San Fran, the defending champs. Yep. You got Seattle. You got Arizona up and coming with what they did, and then you add DeAndre Hopkins, and you get Kyler Murray in the second year, and then you got the Rams that lost Todd Gurley, really did you know got didn't make the playoffs last year, which was a disappointment. They lose Brandon Cooks, whether you like him or not. I mean, he's still. I mean, put it this way: if you got to put in Todd Pinkston or Brandon Cooks, I'm taking yeah. Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, I, I'm obviously. just but but you you see my point is yes, even if you're not. Uh, one of his fans, he's still a good receiver. You know what I mean? Especially to pair up with someone else. But I don't know. For me, I dare I say Rams are last place in that division. I was just going to say, if, if, if you're if you're asking me right now, and, and obviously we're talking first week of June here, and and you know, well, actually second week of June, but you know, no OTAs, no practices, no game film, no nothing. I'm going to pick the Niners to, to repeat as, you know, as the chance that of the NFC West. I'm going to take Arizona as number two. And I'm going to go Seattle three and the Rams last. Well, I, well and I, it, go ahead. No, 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 because I, I, I agree with you. I think of, of, all, of all the teams that we're talking about here, you know, and we always talk about high ceilings and high upside. You know, the Rams have the least amount of upside out of any of these teams. And it's number one because of a bad year last year, and number two of a lot of what ifs and a lot of unknowns for this team going into 2020. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I mean, but the one thing that may not be fantasy relevant, but the thing that keeps them in the conversation for not being last is their defense. Yeah. So I think. Look, I think we could both agree that we like Arizona's offense better, but oh, I think I like the Rams' defense better. 
you know, so you look at, you know, who comes in last or whatever. And I know this is a fantasy episode, but I'm just saying it, that is probably going to be the most competitive division in football this year, in my opinion, because I'll tell you what, would, would you be, would you be shocked if literally every game that they played within the division was split? No, no, not at all. You know what I mean? It, uh, that's just how competitive it is. They know each other. Like it's not like there's a clear favorite, and it's not like there's a clear dog. You know what's funny? And and, and again, I don't have this in front of me, so I'm going to completely ad lib here. But wasn't it like about four years ago when a team out of this yes. division, right, was like I six and that. seven? And everybody was bitching. Yeah, I think it was Seattle, right? Made the playoffs at six and it, seven. Or no, or no, yeah, seven and nine, or seven, seven and nine. nine. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. seven and nine. Yeah, right. I mean, it, yeah, it was the losing record. Yeah, yeah. it was. And, everybody, and now we're talking about yep. being the most competitive division of football. So uh, amazing how everything flips the flips the script here. But the, the the weakest of 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 the Rams. I mean, you look at the tight ends, and I mean, if you're talking about if you're drafting the tight end in football, right? I mean, come on, are, are you kidding with these names? I mean, the, I, I, what? What are you going to tell me? I mean, I, out of anybody, you're taking a fourth rounder. You're taking a fourth round pick with the most upside on this team in Bryson Hopkins. That's what you're looking at. I mean, Tyler Higby, Gerald Levert. You kidding me? I'm not taking either one of those guys. Not touching yeah. those guys. Yeah, I mean, and and last year was a. Uh, yeah, I mean, even if they even if they got some stats and they did put up some stats towards the end of last year, but that was when Brandon Cooks was out with concussions. There was no run game. No. Cup was already out for, you know, how long. It was uh, – I mean, Gerald Levert got some play here or there, right? You know, when they had Jarrett Cook, he had some play when he was there. Which back I, in the day. Yeah, yeah right. Well, I'll tell you, I'm just like yeah. – I'm going back like two, three, four, five years. I mean – You've yeah. never really had that guy. Who, who actually? Who was the last good tight end wow. with the Rams? Uh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I, I I honestly don't know. And I'm not just talking like a st- statistical, like you know, a good tight end. Like, I mean, look. I mean, I mean it, 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 it was the spot it, here, it, but I can't remember who the tight end was. Uh, you know, with the greatest show on turf. No, who was it? Right, because they never used them. Because, yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they never use them. But but you look at it, this is a perfect opportunity. I mean, listen, we're talking fantasy, right? So we're talking about sleepers. We're talking about breakout guys. We're talking about busts. You know, Bryson Hopkins, you know, he's 63, 830, and 7 last year in college. A fourth-round pick. He has every opportunity to come in and steal that job because it's not like Higby and Laverne are setting the world on fire out there. So if this kid can come in and learn the system and show he can block and show he can run routes, hey, who knows? I mean, we could be talking about another guy, another option to take over this offense that's looking for pass catchers. Wow. I ain't counting on on any of the tight ends from there. I'll take them as a number two. No, no, listen, listen. I Roll hear you. Dice and give me one of them. Yeah, I hear you. you know I mean? If I have to, but I would hope to hit on another Waller. I don't know who my Waller is of this year. I'll, well, yeah, it's not. Bryce I'll figure Hopkins. that out, and then yeah. I mean, next that, month or so. Yeah, Darren Waller was a. You know, we'll do that when we do our our sleeper and uh, our, our our bust episode. But this brings us to the runner up of the Super Bowl. 
the NFC division champs, the San Francisco 49ers. And I think the biggest thing we could talk about with the 49ers team is the retirement of Joe Staley and the brilliant move, which I wish as a Philadelphia guy, I wish the Eagles would have done, is trade for Trent Williams. I mean, it's basically like take one pro bowler out, bring one pro bowler in, right? Joe Staley was, you know, the forever tackle out there. He's played his whole career in San Francisco. Uh, you know, decides to go retire. Look good for him. And now you're bringing a guy in Trent Williams, hasn't played in a year and a half, but is a pro bowler. And he can play, 31 years old. The guy can play. The biggest thing for me with San Francisco is Jimmy Garoppolo. If you look at the team as a whole and you look at the running back situation, which is very, very positive, right? You've seen Raheem Mostert, right, what he did. You have a guy in Tevin Coleman. You have Jeff Wilson who can play. I mean, Matt Breeding and Jared McKinnon are gone, and they both could have played. McKinnon dealt with knee injuries, which was a shame, but, you know, because he would have been good. Matt Breeding goes, he leaves via free agency. But Jimmy Garoppolo is the weakest part of the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, the funny thing is I got killed when I started talking about Jimmy Garoppolo before last year and said I wasn't sold on Jimmy. And I thought he was scared. I, I, I did not think he played the quarterback pocket very well. And, you know, the, Sa- the Seattle Seahawks exposed Jimmy Garoppolo. And, again, you've seen it in the Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo was not Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, so unless Jimmy is on his game, this team offensively goes nowhere. They brought Emmanuel Sanders in last year. They traded for him midseason. Did it work? Not really. He's not here anymore, right? So Debo Samuel took a big step forward last year, right? You have Jalen Hurd. You have the the first-round pick at Brandon Ayuk, who I really love out of OSU. I love the kid. I wanted the Eagles to take him, right? You had Kenneth Bourne. You don't know what he's going to give you. Obviously, you have George Kittle. So let's start. Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, we just we just got off talk about Jared Goff and how I was not a Jared Goff guy. I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo guy. So do I dare say Jimmy Garoppolo gives you the same eh factor as Jared Goff when it comes to fantasy football? Yeah, I would rather take Goff. Wow, you would take <laughs> – now, Now, see, I would actually take Garoppolo over Goff. I really would. No. And it, it doesn't – it has nothing to do with the skills of either of the quarterbacks. It has to do with the 49ers being the second heaviest run team in the league behind the Baltimore Ravens. Like, if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson running like crazy, this was the leading rushing team with running backs. You know what I mean? They didn't put the ball in his hands to do a whole heck of a lot. So that's why I'm going with – I would go with Goff over Garoppolo because I see – Potentially, you know, we said they may be in last place. I see Goff having to put air the ball out more. No more girly. You know what I mean? He, he may have to throw the ball more. Where I see San Fran with that defense and how they committed to the run last year. Jimmy G, uh, look, all he's going to have to do is throw a couple dink and dunks, you know? So uh, I'm going with Goff fantasy-wise over Jimmy G. Um, but – I do believe he's the weakest link. I mean, he's not asked to do much in this offense. I mean, in all reality, 
No, I mean, no, just, no, you're right. You're right. No, that's a good point. You're absolutely right. I mean, right. Ha- even in half of his passes are the kid. I mean, who's the leading receiver? Kittle. That's a tight end. And then you look at how many balls were thrown to the running backs. Like, they're, I, I don't have st- the stats right in front of me, but their leading receiver in terms of receptions, I'll bet you was not more than 60. You know? Well, J- 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 I mean, Jimmy G didn't craft 4,000 yards last year, right? 3978. No. Yeah. And he was 27 and 13, 27 touchdowns, 13 picks. Not great. Yeah. Serviceable. Right? Yeah. It was, uh, again, what you just said, serviceable from maybe yeah. a NFL standpoint. Yeah. When we're talking about fantasy, definitely not what you want to see, right? Right. You know, yards per attempt was 8.4. That's not necessarily airing it out when we well, talk about an aerial attack. Right. And, and you have to think, when you're talking about a quarterback, you need him. To look, running backs, you want a running back to not kill you. When you have a quarterback, you need a quarterback to win it for you. Like, you're not going to be like, well, he threw for 250 and two touchdowns with an interception. And like, no, you need your quarterback to either rush for a bunch of yards or in in a touchdown or throw for over 300, get three touchdowns. So, I mean, you look at what Garoppolo, he's, he's, Four games, he threw three touchdowns or more. You know what I mean? Like he he just he just which is like nothing, right? Uh, He only had I think three games over three hundred yards. So when you're looking at it, it's like I would rather go with I mean a bunch of guys over him. I'd go I'd rather go. I'll bet you Ryan Tan. If you're going with a guy that's just going to show up every fourth game, I'll go with Ryan Tannehill. You know what I mean? Because at least when he shows up, he shows up with. Like 400 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, every other game, Derrick Henry's running the snot out of the ball. Well, no, no, listen, you're you're right. I mean, mean, just looking at it from an overall perspective, what you just said, I mean, 478 pass attempts last year as a team, 498 rushing attempts as a team, right? They outrushed the pass, which obviously, I mean, the opposite of an Andy Reid offense. And and, and that's actually very non-indicative of a Kyle Shanahan offense. You know, Kyle Shanahan has, you know, had to be given some credit last year for, you know, basically saying, I know my shortcomings with my quarterback. And he showed, and that's when you've seen him go and get that two, three headed monster out there and just continue to run the ball hard. And that's what he did. And that's why they won 13 games last year. Well, and think about it. If you're an NFL team, or I don't know, the way I grew up playing football and this and that, if you could run the ball every play and they can't stop you, are you going to throw the ball? Right. I mean, I, that that's kind of like the basics of football for the most part. I mean, that's what Baltimore did this year. I'm going to run for four yards on first down. I'm going to run for four yards on second down. And I bet you that I get two yards on third down. And if I could do that the whole game and stop you once or twice, I win the game. Right. You know, there's no risk. You're not risking interceptions. You're not, you know, you're not risking sack fumble. You know, you get a sack and you're now it's uh, second and 15 or whatever it may be. Um, I mean, that that's the name of football. If, if the run game works, you keep running the ball. You got a lead, you run the ball. That's why you don't throw when you have a lead. So it's – and that that's an also indicative of their record last year, you know. Uh, absolutely, but that but that just it just shows you what we're talking about, right? Why Jimmy yep. Garoppolo is not for fantasy purposes, he's not going to be in my top fifteen. 
Yeah, yeah, me, me either. I mean, I mean he he's more fifteen to twenty range for me is Jimmy G, and that brings us to the running back position, which which we just talked about. And I got to ask you about Raheem Mostert, and I got to ask you what you think is this guy for real? And, you know, and he comes in last year, you know, and he just blows up. Right? I mean, 137 attempts, 772 yards, eight touchdowns. I mean, this guy who went from the – I mean, basically, he was the third guy, right, and when when the season started. I mean, it, well, actually, if I'm not mistaken, if McKinnon wasn't injured last year, Mo, Mostert's on the practice squad, So, which is crazy. I mean, this guy came in. You know, can he be the top guy – in the backfield, I mean, listen, you know Shanahan lost Tevin Coleman, but I think we both know Tevin Coleman is not your every-down guy. And I, I think this could be, you know, something like, mm, you know, could it be a, a thing where, you know, we talked about Andy Reid not giving his number one running back, you know, the 25 carries that he needs to be that RB1. Are they going to split it up? I mean, listen – Jarek McKinnon, even though he hasn't played a year and a half, he's still there, right? He, he's actually still there. So, you know, he, he is going to try to make – I mean, he had micro-fracture knee surgery, which is not easy to come back from. So who knows what's going to happen with McKinnon. It's kind of a crowded backfield. So I want to ask you, you know, can, can Moster be that, that fantasy productive running back? What do you think? He can be, but with all the horses back there, I don't see – I don't see the Niners doing it, especially with the success they had this year. I mean, they had they had four running backs that contributed. I mean, Jeff Wilson scored touchdowns. He vultured touchdowns. He was still yes, he did. Yes, he time. did. Yes, he did. So you look at you know, okay, there was ten, and this was out without Jarek McKinnon, which okay, Brady leaves, McKinnon comes back. Let's just, still in theory, still a four four headed guy. Remember, they signed McKinnon to be the guy. Yes. Two years ago. I remember. So he was to be Remember, the guy. I was a then, big McKinnon guy, remember? Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the, yes, it was It was the package of McKinnon and Garoppolo going yes. to the Niners. Yes. But McKinnon gets there. I mean, he, he he never even did anything. And then they bring in Coleman the next year, and you think he's the guy. And then Mostert and Brieta end up being the one and two pretty much in the backfield. But – they have they have the talent there. I don't see anyone being the workhorse. If they have multiple guys that are capable, I think they're going to run multiple guys. If there's a hot hand one week, let's say Mostert, you know, he has six carries for ten yards, and Coleman comes in and he gets I don't know four carries for twenty eight. Coleman and you, we saw it in the playoffs last year. Yep. Coleman had some big games. So did Mostert. You know they. He's going to run with the hot hand. So, I, me personally, even – and this is one of the rare times. You sit there and you look at, okay, they were the the second-best rushing offense in the league last year in terms of, of volume and yards. And I really don't want any of those guys more than a number three running back. Well, you know, it's crazy. And you break down Moster, right? And we're talking about, you know, will he get the volume? And even last year. He, let's you know he kind of got in a fray in week 12 right so you're talking 19 10 14 11 and 10 that's his carry numbers right and then you go into the playoffs 
And everybody, that Green Bay game, he explodes. 29 carries, 220, and four touchdowns. That's the game where everybody's like, what? But again, like you said, that was the game where Green Bay couldn't stop the run. And yep. you know, and every every analyst going into that game said the same thing. Green Bay is exposed between the middle, up the trenches, you know, all the way to their second deck, which is the linebacker position. And you know, you get past that, you get past the first level, you get right past the second level, and you're gone. And that's exactly what happened. And Kyle Shanahan exposed that. So, you know, if you're talking about a guy in eight weeks, including the playoffs. That seen one game over twenty carries. You're right, man. I, I I don't see any of these guys holding the value of a running back one. I just don't see it. Yeah, if we could if we could draft the rushing offense from a team instead of picking a player, I mean, I'm all in on the Niners. But I mean, it's a crapshoot. But you know, like you said, and and none of them have been the uh, poster child child of health. You know, what I mean, it's not like you could. I mean, most are. He hasn't. I don't know. I think he missed a couple games, like over his career. Not one hundred percent sure, but um, you know, it's you can't count on Coleman. I mean, even back to his Atlanta days. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much Mostert in his prior years was injury or just not suiting up because of whatever reason. But you know, this this was the first first time in uh, Mostert's career last year in his five year career that he actually played sixteen games. Well, so. it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like you said, I mean, it's it, it's going to be a crapshoot, and it's going to be whoever you want to roll with. Uh, you may be able, you know, if, if you're in a two back running league system, if you, you know, you're in a, a two three and maybe a flex, you know, you want to grab a Moster or Tevin Coleman as your flex. Hey, listen, all power to you. But as a running back, one I stay far away from the San Francisco 49ers, which brings us to the tight end position. And we're going to skip the wide receiver position first because, <laughs> right? Because only there's be, not right. much to talk about right. there. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and so they're number one tight end. You said it earlier, obviously. It's George Kittle. And I'll they're, tell you they're, what. They're, <laughs> truthfully, they're number one fantasy player, period. Yes. yes. George Kittle. You're absolutely right. And, and here's the funny thing about Kittle. I mean, you're talking about a guy who had 85 catches last year, 88 in 2018. And he only played 14 games last year. If he plays those two games, he's hitting 95, 96, 97. I mean, that's how many, you know, this is how many targets this guy. 107 targets last year, 136 in, in 2018. He is the guy for Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, obviously. And and I think last year you've seen it, okay? He, he, he started to get a little longer down the field. Okay, which is something that he didn't do the previous couple of years. They start to use him in the seam a little more. Okay, yeah. right, and that's something we didn't see. You know, that's something we didn't see. I mean, yards per touch, fifteen point six. That's a little different, right, than what we've seen in the previous year. So his career average is thirteen point four, which means they used him more down the seam. So, do you expect anything different this year? No, I mean, I just, no, I don't. I expect a lot more of the same. Um, Kittle's his guy. Uh, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, Kittle had that, what, the knee thing or whatever mid, mid, yeah, late, mid it, late season, yep. which held him out a little bit. I mean, look, he, he's still a young guy. He's 26. Yes. I mean, he, he's not a overly hefty guy. No. You know what I mean, like you, you see him on the field, man. He, he, he moves well. And his attitude, I'm sorry, you just can't help but love that guy. 
Um, so, I mean, he's their number one weapon. You look at any team that's going to – who was the number one receiving option in Baltimore? Mark Andrews, the tight end. Exactly. Number one in San Fran, George Kittle. Think about years with the Tennessee Titans when they still had no receiver, no quarterback, whatever, and they're running the ball all the time. Who was it? Delaney Walker. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's, it's, it's that mentality, look, we're going to run the ball, and when you run the ball so much, oftentimes your number one target is the tight end. So, I mean, Kittle, that's where the passing game is. And then think about, like, what Kittle contributes to Garoppolo's numbers, and it's actually pretty sick. I, I, don't, I would love to see the stats of percent of targets on the team and see where Kittle ranks in terms of percentage in the NFL. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's a big number, especially when you look at what we're going to get into right now, this this middle wide receiver position. You know, when we talk about Debo Samuel, Samuel Hurd, you know, Brandon Ayuk and, and Kendrick Bourne, who's mainly a, a red zone specialist. So, I mean, of all these guys, I mean, you you were pretty in on Debo Samuel last year a little bit. You you expected some decent things out of him. And I, I think towards as the year progressed, he finally started to see, I guess, more of a role. And, and what was it in the playoffs? They used him more of as a runner a little bit, right? I mean, he he didn't have a fantastic year. Listen, fifty-seven, eight oh two and three, nothing to cry, you know, nothing to write home about, right? Not at all. He had eighty-one targets, okay, but you know, he did have fourteen rushes, which shows that you know they they, they want to use him in that in that special way that we know he can be effective. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk for me is the guy who. I want to own. I do. I mean, De- Debo Samuel is a guy, I, you know, he's not a wide receiver one, right? So there is no wide receiver one except George Kittle. Kittle, we class- yeah. right? We classify him as a wide receiver on this team. But if you talk about these four receivers right now on this team, listen, man, I, I, I'm with the rookie. I, I do. I, I like the rookie this year, and I think he's going to be a nice little toy out there. I think Shanahan got himself a little weapon, and I think he's going to put them all over the field. I, I don't want – I'm not going to have any shares of them. There's not enough passing volume, number one. The one thing that you that you failed to say about Debo is his three rushing touchdowns he had last year. Right. Well, and yeah, you, four, you, he had four, you, 159 yards rushing, three yeah, touchdowns. You, well, you mentioned – yeah, you mentioned the yards, but I'm saying every, every week, even though he wasn't a number one receiver, then you look and it's like, oh, all right, he rushed for 20 yards. Oh, he rushed for 30 yards. Oh, he rushed for 28 yards and a touchdown. So, like, there was always that little bonus. He's still not a wide receiver one by any means. But then you look at the rookie, and I don't know, do you really – where's the volume going to come from? Like, I don't really see the game plan of we're going to run the ball changing, especially, like, their defense didn't take a hit. You you know, I I don't see the game plan changing. I don't see Garoppolo changing, which means – the few balls that go to the receivers. Two years ago, once again, going back to when Garoppolo came and McKinnon came, who were who were supposed to be the number one and number two receivers on the team? Do you recall? Uh, one of them was Marquise Goodwin, correct? Yes, who is no longer there, and who was the other right, one? Right, right. Go on the team. Dante Pettis. Yeah, yeah who's still there. Right, because he was the rookie, and everybody said he's going to be that breakout sophomore wide receiver. Never happened. You know what I mean? Now he, he's on the bubble. He might not even make the team. So I'm just – I'm very skeptical of uh, – I think D- 
Debo is the wide receiver that they're running up, no question. He's their number one. Not a fantasy number one, but he's the he's the guy they're going to run out there every play. If nothing else, it gives them a fifth rushing option. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, 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 you know, but, if, if you look at it, I mean, he showed right. So, where, you know, you t- look at weeks eight and nine, for instance, last year. You know, they, he had he, both both games eight catches, one eight for one twelve, eight for one thirty four, eleven targets one game, ten targets the other game. He has shown the propensity to be that guy if they run that style of offense like you yes. said and, and and if they're not going to do that which they just they have not shown you know the ability I, I think Shanahan wants to I do and I think he just knows his limitations with Jimmy G I think he thought he was going to be able to lean on Jimmy G a little more like lean on Matt Ryan out there in Atlanta and he well, sees that he can't do it yeah well he, he was raised by Tom Brady that's why they went and got him. I mean, right, exactly. So you exactly. expect some type of level of being able to run an offense, whether it's Shanahan trusts him or not. I mean, he has not shown us in the limited passing situations he's been in that he is going to excel where you could trust him with more of the offense. So, yeah, I, I, th- I think you're spot on. Yeah, it's it, I, listen. It's it, it, when we talk about the Niners, it, it, it's funny. You see, you know, this is where you get into that fantasy versus reality, right? Because you look at a team that goes to the Super Bowl, you would think, "Wow, that must be a star-studded cream of fantasy superstars." <laughs> and it's not, right? And it's not, yeah. and, and right. And, and then you look at teams that you know may not be, you know, number one, number two, or number three. You know, a lot of teams like Detroit. When you're talking about like a Kenny Galladay or a Carry On Johnson, that guys are having you know really good statistical games and they're on bad teams. I mean, it's how it happens every single year. That's why we talk fantasy versus reality. Dude, but John, you know what I mean? Oh, I hear you. I you know what? Uh, just you saying that, I I can't I can't wait to get to the NFC North. Ah. Oh. Well, you, you know what? To, you want to talk about the mess that's going on up there? Like, you look at all four teams, and I mean, you know, there, there, there's, there was a lot of status quo sometimes, but man, I mean, th- there's some changing going on up there. I'm not well, necessarily saying with the rankings in order, but it's just, I don't know. Um, there's, there's a big mess to be dealt with. Well, what, what, what we'll do is that's a good segue into next week. We'll we'll do the NFC North next. Oh, week. we're gonna take it. Let's we, take we, the NFC North next week. Let's break down that that get Aaron Rodgers and and Matt Lafleur love fest and and you know are we gonna I'm, ride the Kirk Cousins train I, right? And I'm <laughs> waiting to hear. Keep going. I, I, are, are, we, are we gonna see the the Nick Foles? There, oh, there it is. That's what I was waiting for. Yeah, I can't stand Nick Foles. Uh, no, I listen. Dude, I love. Trent. We won a Super Bowl. No, I shouldn't say that, but I just the, the Nick Foles love. And, and now we're still talking to Billy about Nick Foles. Stop with the Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz. Enough. We ha- Dude, I had enough of it. I I think I think Trubisky is going to be my new Marcus Mariota now. Oh, <laughs> he's going to be carrying a clipboard. Good for Mitch. Good for Mitch. As all, yeah, listen, as long as he makes his money, hey, man, I'm happy for him. Congratulations. But, John, another great episode. Again, yeah, as always, the Fantasy Firebox. Catch us again at Heat Ratio Sports Everywhere. Just type it in. 
uh, we're everywhere. Fantasy Firebox will be on Fox Sports to Gambler. We'll be on at EliteInfluence.com, and we'll be on at Heat Ratio Sports as well. For Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, at TCotillo23. For John Coker, at PGHSound36. Again, for Mark Drumheller, at X underscore Drumheller for joining us. As always, next week we get somebody different, get another another perspective, keep this going, and a fancy firebox will get at you. Doing it for the love, so now I'm doing what I want. What I want. What I want.